Thank you so much for listening. Let me tell you about Built Bar. Uh, if you're trying to stay in shape, I'm not the guy you're coming to. You know, you're like, ah, I'm going to take my exercise uh, regimen from Glenn. But I will tell you this. I have a really big sweet tooth. Uh, I mean, I grew up in a bakery. Uh, it's in our blood for five generations. We were bakers. And uh, so I didn't like to bake, but I love donuts and cake. I love it. And I love sweet things. Um, just I can't. I, can't, I just. I can't live in a world without sugar and chocolate. I can't. Uh, and so I have a really hard time when I need to snack, especially at night. Well, Built Bar is something my wife wanted me to try because it was a protein bar and it's healthy for you. That's the wrong approach. That is the wrong approach. It's real chocolate. It's really good. Don't tell me it's a protein bar. Don't tell me that it has net three to five carbs. Don't tell me any of that because that always tastes like crap. This is unbelievable. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, raspberry chocolate, mint brownie. Oh my gosh, they're fantastic. Try them. BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code BEC15 and save 15%. Satisfy your sweet tooth uh, in a very satisfying way with BuiltBar.com. You know, the one thing I don't see the corporate media doing, and, and sometimes, you know, other media online, I don't see them asking honest questions. I don't I don't meet very many people anymore that say, well, show me the facts. If, if you really have the facts, I'd change my mind. So that's the way we're supposed to be. And that's what we should be doing is asking honest questions about what's really happening in our world right now. Everybody's trying to win or as a political point of view. Let's ask some honest questions. And we're going to do that with a guy who I think does it for a living, Josh Rogan. Uh, And we're going to start with China and the Wuhan virus. Why can't we question COVID? And when we do question COVID, what do we find in 60 seconds? program hey if you missed uh, uh the beginning of the show the first two hours we did everything about um chauvin the first two hours really powerful hours that i think you really want to hear um and by the way our show is sponsored by raycon wireless earbuds and uh you can listen to them uh, listen to this podcast today uh with raycons they're really really comfortable they sound great they're half the cost of other earbuds uh, especially the Apple earbuds. Oh my gosh, those things annoy me so. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just not a. I'm a big fan of the technology of Apple, uh, but sometimes you know everybody's they're so great. Those Apple earbuds suck. They suck. They're uncomfortable and they fall out of your ears. There, I said it. Go to Buy Raycon and uh, find a pair that sounds great is half the cost of the apple um and they don't fall out of your ears they have a a little set of you know little spongy things you put on there so you you can fit your ear no matter if you have like dumbo ears like i do or really small ears it's uh raycon go to buyraycon.com 
slash Beck. Right now, you'll save 15%. Buyraycon.com slash Beck. Tonight on Glenn TV. The government is spending money at historic levels, and our national debt is at historic highs. Will Biden's so-called infrastructure deal push America over the edge? Glenn warns all signs point to a major economic disaster, the end of private savings and private spending, and the birth of a state-controlled digital dollar. Watch Dollar Decimation, how Biden's spending spree could end our currency as we know it. Tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern at blazetv.com slash Glenn. Josh Rogan is a um, is an author, and he has had access to the top U.S. officials from the White House and in our foreign policy machine. Uh, and he has written a new book called Chaos Under Heaven, uh, and um, it talks about our relationship with China and what happened under Trump and with the Wuhan virus. Welcome to the program, Josh. How are you? Great to be with you, Glenn. Thank you. So um, thank you for at least asking honest questions and letting the chips fall where they may. I I don't know why we can't talk about uh, where the virus came from. I don't think that it was a man-made virus that was intentionally released. I think there's a good chance that it did come from uh, the uh, Wuhan uh, Institute, and it, it accidentally was released, but I don't know if we have any proof of that. Tell me about what you have found. Well, that's exactly right, Glenn. As it turns out, the origin of the coronavirus is not a political question. It doesn't matter if you're on the left or the right. It doesn't matter if you like Trump or if you don't like Trump. It doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or a Republican. It is simply a scientific and forensic question, and Probably the most important question that we have to answer in order to solve the crisis that we're in and prevent the next pandemic. Yet, for over a year, we've been told that just to even utter, just to even mention the possible, still yet unproven, but certainly possible theory that the outbreak began due to human error in one of these Wuhan labs, just to mention that was considered quite impolite and quite out of bounds in in Washington but it's, society and but, in the media for a number of reasons. So before we get into the reasons, let me ask you, we but the we knew something was wrong. I mean, talk about the Wuhan cables. Yes. Yeah, so what I reported at the time and then again in this book was that for years there have been concerns amongst U.S. diplomats and others about the these Wuhan labs, the Wuhan Institute of Virology, the largest repository of back coronaviruses in the world where U.S. and Chinese scientists were working together to create viruses, not create, but to use science to uh, develop viruses into, into versions that were more virulent, that could affect, infect humans more easily and therefore were more dangerous and more transmissible. And then when the outbreak happened right next to these labs, it would, there were a lot of people inside the U.S. government who wanted to look at these labs and who saw these reports from years ago about concerns about these labs, but they were unable to do so because of the political environment and because of the things that were going on inside the U.S. government and in the U.S.-China relationship, including that the Chinese government was blackmailing the U.S. government into not asking any questions and also blackmailing a lot of other countries and also lying about 
the origin of the virus and covering up the sciences and jailing the scientists and jailing the journalists. So there was a, a, a very extensive and well-funded campaign led by the Chinese Communist Party and also the friends of this lab, the American friends of this lab, whose careers were tied in with the lab, who had a clear conflict of interest, who were telling all the journalists, you better not talk about the lab. And by the way, we don't think the lab did it. And because we're the best friends of the lab, we're the best people to tell you that they didn't do it. So there was a a, a perfect storm of horrendousness that combined to push us towards this idea that we couldn't look at these labs. And then, you know, here we are a year later. And of course, now we have Robert Redfield, who was the CDC director, Dr. Tedros, the head of the WHO, and many other people, including many scientists, saying, hey, listen, we got to look at these labs. It doesn't matter what political side of the spectrum you're on. <laughs> so now we have to look at these labs. And that's the bottom line. And we've wasted a year. Uh, we've wasted a, a crucial time and energy and resources. And the question is only more important than ever because it relates to how do we stop this pandemic from happening again? We can't do that if we don't figure out how it happened in the first place. Okay, so now let's go to why have they, why has it been, I mean, you're you're called a conspiracy theorist. You're, you're called all kinds of names. You're shut down. People have been uh, shut down on social media. Some have lost their jobs. Just for questioning, why? Why? Who's so powerful that this is all is shut down like that? You know, there's there's a a couple reasons. One is because of, again, this propaganda campaign that was run by the Chinese Communist Party, but aided and abetted by American scientists who are the best friends of the lab. I'm talking about Peter Zazek, the EcoHealth Alliance and all the rest who, you know, told us that it was a conspiracy theory because they didn't want anyone to look at the lab. And then when the WHO did its report, they hired the same exact scientists, including Peter Zazek, to go look at the lab. They went there for three hours, talked to the scientists, didn't see anything, didn't get, got some data, but not really all the data, and then came back and said, we don't need to look at the lab anymore. And this is a, a cover-up, okay? This is a, there's no other word for it. It's a, a cover-up to distract us from the, the urgent need to look at this lab and also look at the other theories. But the whole point is that we need to look at all the theories and, and figure out what's what. And, you know, wherever the facts lead, that's where we have to follow. And it's, it's so, really as simple as that. And then in the media, the reason that the, we, it, they picked up on this was because Donald Trump endorsed the lab theory. And most of the mainstream media didn't want that right. to be right. They couldn't bear with the fact that Donald Trump might have been right about something, despite the fact that he also did all these other things they considered horrible. But even the broken clock is right twice every day. And here we are a year later, and Donald Trump is no longer president. So it doesn't matter if he was right. But the media still doesn't want to correct their error if it is an error because they don't want to get dunked on. And But getting dunked on is really not what's important. What's important is protecting our country from this pandemic. I was talking to Condi Rice last week, and um, she said something that I had not heard anybody say before. She corrected me when I said rising China, and she said, it's a risen China. It's a risen China. It's not rising anymore. It's going to get more powerful, but it's already at the table, and it's a powerhouse. What does, what does the shift in uh, our, our president mean to China and I mean, because I am not for trade barriers. I was strongly against trade barriers. Uh, However, I was torn on trade barriers with China because China is just they're out of control and they are not the friends of freedom uh, and uh, and not friends to us. And so I was I was glad to see that we were taking a hard line on uh, on China. And now I feel like, 
we'll just excuse anything again that China is doing. Is that at all accurate or is? Yeah, Glenn, I agree with almost everything that you said. You know, when the Trump administration came in, what they did was they flipped over the chessboard. Uh, They ended 40 years of what was largely a policy of engagement first, cooperation first, which meant betting on the idea that as China got more powerful, that it would liberalize economically and then that would lead it to liberalize politically and that would then solve the rest of our problems. But it became pretty clear after Xi Jinping took power in 2013 and more and more over the years that that just wasn't happening. China was going another way. And actually, they were abusing our engagement to advance their interests against ours. And actually, they were interested in changing the world order to make it safe for autocracy and repression and aggression of all kinds. And that we were we were late to acknowledge that, much less respond to that. Now, the problem with the Trump administration's response, of course, is embedded in the t- title of my book, Chaos Under Heaven. It was very chaotic. You were there. It was a mess. It, yeah. meant, it was very dysfunctional and so it was hard for anybody to really understand what was going on and the factions fought internally and trump changed his mind on the tactics and all the rest and you know we didn't stand up for human rights in uh, against the uyghurs and in hong kong and the trade war you know i could make an argument that the tariffs were useful but because the trade war was executed in such a haphazard manner it undermined its effectiveness But here we are four years later and Trump flipped over the chessboard and now the Biden administration has a chance to set it back up again. And they could, if they choose, set it up in a way to to give us back the advantage. We still have the high ground. We still have the best economy. We still have the right. You know, we still have the the position of moral um, 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 justification that we stand for the things that we believe in, including democracy, freedom, human rights, the rule of law. And then we still have allies and partners who profess to believe in those things. So we don't know yet if they're going to pull this off, if they're going to take this new approach that the Trump administration admittedly messed up at times, but handed them and make it more international and more effective. They could do that if they chose. We just don't know yet. Uh, What are the signs that show us one way or the other? Have you seen anything yet? Well, absolutely. So for right now, we have a lot of continuity and we saw you know, we, we still have the tariffs that, you know, I'm not a tariffs guy either, but hey, listen, that's leverage. You don't want to just give them away. You want to use them to get the things mm-hmm. that you want. The Biden administration confirmed that there's a genocide going on in Xinjiang against the Uyghurs. Guess what? There is a genocide going on against Xinjiang, against the Uyghurs. And now they have to actually do something about it. So the indications are that they're, oh, by the way, they also haven't said that we can't talk about the lab accident theory. The Biden administration confirmed that there was some shady stuff going on in the lab that they didn't admit to. In other words, they want to get to the bottom of it. They're not invested in the idea that we can't talk about the lab accident theory because they weren't there at the time. So so the indications... No, no, please finish. The indications are... The indications are that they are open, open to a more... Uh, assertive, more uh, aggressive uh, policy towards China, because that's what the American people want. That's what the polls show that Democrats and Republicans want, because the Chinese Communist Party's aggression now affects us in our own lives, in our schools, in our markets, in our sports, in Hollywood, in Silicon Valley, everything. everywhere. So now that everywhere. now that all Americans are woken up to this, especially if you're sitting in your basement scared of getting the coronavirus, you know that what happens in Beijing no longer stays in Beijing, and you want your leaders to do something about it. And that's what the American people are calling for, and that's what the Biden team is starting to respond to, but it's not enough yet. So what was it that the Americans were doing that uh, in this lab that 
many Americans didn't want other Americans to know about. What, were they yes. doing something nasty or was it just it looked bad? This is a crucial question, and this is a great question, because according to Robert Redfield, again, not a completely unproblematic person, but not someone who's bailing out the Trump team for the sake of it. According to him, it, the virus likely came from what's called gain-of-function research. That's what they were doing there. It's where you collect all these viruses from the wild, and then you run them through mice that have lungs that are adapted to act like human lungs. And you do that a few thousand times, and you see what happens. And that's the idea there is to predict the next pandemic. And wouldn't it be ironic if the program to predict the next pandemic actually caused the pandemic, sparked it quite accidentally, of course. And the problem with that is that these Americans were doing this in Wuhan because this research had been largely banned by the Obama administration in the United States. So they moved it to China where there was less oversight. And now here we are, and we're trying to get back into these labs. It's basically impossible because the Chinese government won't allow it. But what we can do is we can examine these American labs. And that means the NIH, and that means the NIAID, which is run by Anthony Fauci and the EcoHealth Alliance. And this is what you see. This is what you see in Congress. More and more lawmakers standing up to say, okay, well, listen, if we can't get into these Wuhan labs, we want to know what all the American labs were doing in conjunction with them. And we want to know mm. where the procedures followed. And if not, why not? And it's not, and who's going to be account, held accountable for that? And then we got to take a look at all of this gain-of-function research because, and this is going to blow your mind, Glenn, the current plan to respond to the pandemic is to increase this research sixfold by spending another $1.2 billion to collect 500,000 new viruses from oh the wilds and bring them to labs all over the world. It's called the Global Viral Project. And do you want to do this every year? Do you want to have this problem every single year? So I, my simple proposal, again, not a pro-Trump guy. I'm not an anti-Trump guy. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm just a reporter who would like to not have a pandemic every year. And my <laughs> idea is let's figure it out before we sixfold increase this, this, this risky research. Let's figure out <laughs> right. if that's what caused the pandemic. Yeah, it would be helpful. I don't think so. No. And I think if we're going to do this research anyway, we should do it in the United States, shipping it off to China and having them do it in China, where their standards are a lot lower than ours is insanity. Insanity. Not just not just go ahead. The, the, the allegation by the Trump administration, which was confirmed by the Biden administration, by the way, again, not pro Trump conspiracy theories, Jake Sullivan, all the rest was that they took this research and then they had their own game going on with their military in a way that we didn't know about, okay? And that's wow. the real danger here, is that we think we're, we're just doing open science with a bunch of nice Chinese scientists, but these nice Chinese scientists may be very nice people, but they don't get to make the decisions about what research happens and what they tell us and what goes on in these labs. Mm. That's run by the party, and the party acts as it acts, which is, is not in our right. interest. Josh Rogan, author of Chaos Under Heaven. Chaos Under Heaven is the name of the book. Josh Rogan, thank you for being on. Appreciate it. Our sponsor this half hour is uh, AMAC. We live in a country that has really lost its way. We, we don't respect logic, law and order, basic decency. It's all up in the air. Well, how do we get it back? Well, we have to have a few guardians. Uh, we know we've lost our... Guardians of the media, um, who is watching the store and uh, everything in Washington, D.C.? Well, the Association of Mature American Citizens, AMAC. It's an advocacy group. 
that is now over 2 million members strong and growing. They believe in the values that constitutional conservatives care about. They represent courage, faith, reason in trying, trying times. They stand for solvency and not the end of the, uh, the dollar. What, they have a full-time presence in Washington, D.C., and they are at the table fighting against uh, the guys who are fighting against our Constitution and our constitutional values. And the honestly, the, um, the mature association that gives you all kinds of discounts on the other side, they are very, very powerful, and no one was standing up for mature americans nobody was actually standing up against you know the things that are happening in healthcare that will hurt senior citizens you need to join amac stand with amac as they stand with us the cause is great the benefits are are really really good too you get all the discounts you would be looking for join them at amac.us slash back amac.us slash back amac is better better for you better for america 10 seconds station id You know, I, uh, oh my gosh. Um, yesterday, the Biden administration officially came out and said that um, they strongly support H.R. 51, the Washington, D.C. Admission Act. More than 700,000 people in Washington, D.C. have been deprived of full representation in the U.S. Congress. This taxation without representation and denial of self governance is an affront to the democratic values on which our nation was founded. Um, to make the uh, D.C. a state uh, is uh, is right, providing its residents with long overdue full representation in Congress while maintaining a federal district that will continue to serve our nation's seat of government. They are asking for a, quote, orderly and swift transition to statehood for the District of Columbia. That changes everything. You add now another state. I mean, we're at the point of the Missouri Compromise. Honestly, we're at the point of the Missouri Compromise. Missouri, the Missouri Compromise was because they knew if if Missouri uh, came in and they were going to uh, say, uh, let's expand uh, slavery, it would tip the balance of, of everything. They needed a way to bring Missouri at the, to the table without uh, screwing up the political game that had been played for so long. That's what's happening here, really, with Washington, D.C. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, I'm going to tell you some things about the economy uh, next that I think are absolutely mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. Um, I'm going to tell you about the stock market. I mean, you look at the stock market, you're like, oh, it's, it's going up, it's going up. And I've been telling you for a while, that's inflation. I had absolutely no idea until we started researching. I had no idea what's really going on and how bad it really is. Uh, inflation is coming. Uh, I believe a collapse of our dollar is coming. So what are you going to do? I don't buy gold as an asset to get rich off of. I buy gold as an insurance policy 
So when the world goes mad, and have you checked the sanity of the world lately? I have something left. Right now, uh, Goldline is offering 6% in free metals delivered directly to your door with qualifying self-directed IRA orders for retirement accounts. They're waiting for your call now. 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE, or goldline.com. Call them now. How Biden's spending spree could end our currency as we know it. It's a brand new special tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern, blazetv.com slash Glenn, right after a brand new Stu Does America. Tonight at uh, 9 p.m., live on Blaze TV. Dollar decimation. How Biden's spending spree could end our currency as we know it. This is... This is... Trouble coming our way. Trouble, 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 trouble. We, I believe, are going to see a uh, a melt up, and we're at the beginning of that melt up right now, uh, where things are going to explode, and everybody's going to say this is great, uh, and then trouble hits like nobody's business. And I'll show you this trouble tonight, and show you how to prepare your family. I always told you during the Obama administration. Remember, this this administration is really being run by the Obama people. Um, and so it's the same tactic. Don't look where everyone's telling you to look. What else are they doing? Uh, well, they're doing an awful lot. Uh, they've been busy this week. Um, they've been telling us that, you know, we're systematically racist, blah, blah, blah. But why? Between doing that, what nobody is seeing is they're meeting with representatives to try to push through another $2.3 trillion social infrastructure bill. This is round one. Round two will have another trillion dollars. I mean, are we even counting the trillions? We're spending at a historic rate. Our, the GDP ratio is now uh, at 102%. So we're now all of the money that we make, all of the money that we make in a year, every bit of land and transactions and homes and wealth and everything that is our national product in a year, everything that we spend, all of that taken. And we're still down 2%. It's not going to be not going to be good. Not going to be good. Um, we are spending now like it's going out of style, and I think money is going out of style. The Fed has acknowledged rising inf- inflation, but they say they're not going to do anything about it. Remember, the Fed's job is to, uh, according to them, stop us from having collapse and economic depressions. And also to keep inflation under control. They have a target for inflation, 2%. Looks like we are going to be having inflation of at least 4%. Uh, let me just, let me just give you a couple of uh, numbers here. Commodity prices in the last year, lumber is up 265%. How are we going to build new houses? How are you going to build a house today when it's going to when the lumber to build it is 265% over what it normally is? And when normal when that lumber comes back down to normal levels, are you going to try to sell your house and and it's going to be what? 100% more expensive than what you could build a new one for today? Crude oil up 210%. Gasoline up in the last year 
Heating oil, 107%. Corn, 84%. Copper, 83%. Soybeans, 72%. Silver up uh, 45 Sugar up 59 Cotton, 54%. Natural gas up 43%. That's, and that's just, that's the raw stuff. That's the raw stuff. Coca-Cola said they're raising their price. Good. Another reason not to buy it. Wheat and coffee are already up 10%. There was an article out yesterday. The price of household staples, diapers, tampons, going to surge. The um, uh, detergent. Procter & Gamble is saying they're going to raise the prices on almost everything. Well, that's all of your home stuff. That's everything that you buy because you have to buy it. When you're looking at Scott toilet paper and Huggies diapers saying that by June, it'll be up almost a dime by June. You got a problem. Cereal is going to be up a dime. That's that's Cheerios. That's uh, grape nuts. That's even Skippy peanut butter. Hormel food says uh, their ground turkey is going up. Smucker has already boosted the price of Jif peanut butter and now saying it's going to have to hike its uh, prices on everything else. But don't worry, there's no inflation. There is inflation. There is inflation. And the worst place, the worst place, please, please hear this warning. Please hear this warning. Right now, we are spending so much money. The, you're not, you, people are having a hard time finding people to go to work and fill these jobs. But there's unemployed. What do you mean we're having a hard time finding work? The government is giving out so much money now that there's no reason to go to work for a lot of people. I can make more money by not working than working. People are the 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 outflow from the government compared to the inflow. I'll show you this chart tonight. We had in 2019, um, we had uh, income that was coming in um, this scale, and I don't know what it's marked in. It might be billions of dollars. Uh, it has to be. It has to be billions of dollars. The um, the the income that the United States was making uh, was from taxes. We're bringing in a uh, hundred billion a uh, hundred billion dollars in a quarter. <laughs> what we are now bringing in is about ten billion dollars in the quarter, and we are outflowing in one quarter six hundred and fifty billion dollars. That that can't last. The the chart is is crazy. So the government is just pouring cash into everything, pouring cash into it. This is the number that is staggering to me. We know that people are getting into the stock market. We know that the stock market has high prices and everybody is saying, oh, it's going to keep going up. It's going to keep going up. <clears throat> Over the last 12 years, the money that has poured in 
to the stock market, the new money that has come in, was $452 billion. That's over the last 12 years, and that's from people making money and having more money and putting it in, also a result of the Fed giving these banks money and them using it to buy their own stocks, et cetera, et cetera. But half a trillion dollars over 12 years. Over the last five months, the number that has gone in, the amount of cash that has gone in, new money to buy stocks, is $569 billion. In 12 years, we put in less than half a a trillion. And in the last five months, we've put in over half a trillion dollars. Where's that money coming from? That money is not coming from anything real. That money is coming from stimulus packages. And it's jacking up and juicing. It's, the, it's like the 1920s. It, I mean, it's not real. None of it is real. And we're borrowing all this money. And it will, it will. The, look, we're opening the economy again. People have a pent-up demand they have money in the bank that they have saved. And so now they're going to go out and they're going to spend. So we're going to see a surge. This is not anything to do with the Obama policy, even honestly, the Trump policy. This is normal. People are leaving their houses and they're going to go shopping. They're going to go buy things. They're going to go do things. They're going to take vacations. So you're going to see the economy go up. But you're going to see you are going to see money coming at you like nobody's business this economy i think is going to be on i mean on on every possible stimulant uh known to man it's going to think it can fly and it's going to jump off a roof you always know you're in trouble when the water starts to, on the shoreline starts to flow in real fast, recede from the beach, and it's, it's just rushing to the ocean. You're like, wow, that's weird. Haven't seen that before. And then what happens? All that water that rushed in comes at once in one big tidal wave. That's what we're seeing the, what's happening on Wall Street right now, all, if you were standing on a beach and that water were dollars, you would see all of it rushing like you've never seen before. All of the money just rushing into the stock market. That wall is going to come back down. This is a what I believe is um, a controlled collapse but I don't think you can control it. I think these people are so arrogant, they have no idea what they're doing. But there is a collapse of the dollar that is coming. How do I know? Well, right now, the United States government, what have I been been telling you for a long time in commercials with American financing? Hey, lock in this interest rate. So if you have a home, you buy it for 30 years, and you can lock that interest rate in. Okay, you get 3%. Banks are going to hate you when the interest rates go up. Well, why isn't the Fed? Why is the Fed saying if we have 4%, 3 or 4% inflation right now, inflation comes 
five, six, eight, ten percent. You've got to raise those rates. Why are they saying they won't do it for the next four years? Because over the next four years, for, for the rest of hu- uh, human t- existence, the minute those interest rates start going up, it's like the United States has the worst loan idea of all time. It's not just an adjustable. We're selling them all the time. We got to get somebody to buy them. The Fed's been buying them. But as interest rates, if it goes up to 5%, 6%, we're done. We're done. We don't have the money for the interest rate, just like you wouldn't have the money with an adjustable loan if all of a sudden we hit 20%. You have some real protections. The United States government doesn't have those protections. You just can't afford it. And so what happens to the dollar and what happens to you? That's the topic tonight. I want you to watch on Blaze TV. Please support us. Become a member at blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn and you'll save. blazetv.com slash Glenn. You can uh, also see us live tonight on Pluto TV. And also, we seem to always have a problem with YouTube. What a surprise. Uh, But you also should be able to see it live tonight on YouTube. 9 p.m. Eastern. Sponsor this half hour is Hustler Turf. Man, Hustler Turf, they are the these are the lawnmowers that we always saw cutting the grass of football fields or cutting the grass, you know, on the sides of highways because they were the ones who invented the zero turn lawnmower. These were the ones that could cut the, you know, the cutting time of of lawn down in by half easy. And they were built for the industry. So they were not built to, uh, you know, last a, a couple of uh, cuts. You know, well, you're going to be out once a week, you know, so, so, you know, 52 if you're living in the summer and the grass is always growing, you'll use it 52 times. No, this is they use these lawnmowers every day, eight to 10 hours a day, every day. So they're built to last. Well, they've taken the same technology and they're the ones who developed it and invented it. And now they've put it into one for your home. They are built like a tank. There's nothing like them. When you're looking for a lawnmower, make sure you find a Hustler dealer and test drive uh, a Hustler Turf lawnmower. They're amazing. HustlerTurf.com. HustlerTurf.com. This is the Glenbeck program. We have uh, Ruth on the phone. Hi, Ruth. How are you? Hi, great. Thank you so much for taking my call. I've been holding, and a scripture came to mind uh, while I was listening to everyone else uh, that cuts through the chaos and crisis. It's 2 Chronicles 7.14. Something we can do besides vote, take a stand, boycott, you know, be brave. We can seek God. But it says in 2 Chronicles 7.14, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. And it is up to us. It is, and uh, he will have a humble people one way or another. We will be humbled. Um, That's right. So um, you you wanted to talk about uh, a mistrial? Well, I, I'm disgusted by the woke mob, <laughs> which I'm going to boycott. I'm alarmed mm. at the Soros-infused violence uh, since George Floyd's death, and I'm especially angered at uh, Maxine Waters for throwing fuel on the fire 
the president did the same thing. I'm horrified at the doxing of the jurors by the press oh my and the media. And even the Supreme Court seems to be threatened uh, by the violence and by the mob. And, yeah, I, I see that coming. It well, would, he would not have I, a good I, lawyer if they did not do that. I will tell you, I agree with you, uh, Ruth, and I think we are headed towards mob rule, uh, which is terribly frightening. And, and I say that I wasn't in the jury room, so I don't know what they what they actually talked about. Um, however, when you have the newspaper in town doxing you and saying, hey, you know, this guy's a chemist and uh, he's in his 30s. Well, if I know chemists and I know one in his 30s and he's been gone for two weeks, you know, from work, I kind of know it's him. Uh, and I think that's extraordinarily dangerous. I think there were all kinds of messages sent, and Maxine Waters was one of them uh, that was sending that message. And I think she has opened up the door for a retrial. Stu, you saw Dershowitz last night. He was saying the same thing. Yeah, he came on my show last night, Studios America, and talked about, he said that he thinks there's a real chance they're going to overturn this and have a mistrial because of Maxine Waters and other comments. Oh, my gosh. Will that just set everybody on fire again? This is the Glenn Beck Program.